What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to the season finale of We Watched Invincible. On this episode, we are here to discuss Invincible Season 1, Episode 8, Where I Really Come From. And I gotta tell you where I really come from, and it's the land of just absolute hype, because... This is where it's all been building to, right? This is the main fucking event, and at least for me, this episode didn't disappoint. Um, I am super, super excited to jump in and talk to it, uh, talk about it with y'all. So let's just get into the fucking meat of it here. Um, Sean, what'd you think about the episode? Yeah, so I think the the uh, you know this is the this is the the crux of the series as far as like. This is where stuff really starts to get going. Yeah. Um, and you know, it happens, I guess I would say earlier in the in the show in the comic than it does in the show. Even though there's only been eight episodes of the show, it feels like so much has happened that you know they kind of move things around. Sure. Um, and, and it's what the show's been building towards. And I think the moment uh definitely works. Um, and you really feel like I think hats off to Steven uh, Yen because oh. he did a tremendous job of selling Mark and, and Mark's emotions. Um, I know that some people have been underwhelmed by JK Simmons performance throughout this series. Um, I felt like he was good uh, yeah. here. I thought he did. He did well too. Um, I do have some criticisms, but I think that, you know, when it comes to the way that that moment was handled, I thought it was, I thought it was effective. How about you? Um, oh, I'm sorry, Sean. I didn't, I thought you were done. <laughs> I, well, I was going to jump into my, my critiques. Uh, yeah. Too, too much murder. Like I'm not, I'm not normally even that dude, but boy, oh boy, like just too much. The part in the train mm-hmm. where Mark's body is being used to cut people, to cut through people. Um, yeah. I, I, I just, I don't know about, I don't know. It was just too much for me. That was brutal. Yeah. Um, more, more fatalities in this than there was in the Mortal Kombat movie. Didn't fully watch it, but I believe you. <laughs> Wait, did that come out? Yes. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came Look out like a week ago. Look at me behind on the movies. Um, Phil, what do you think about the episode? Yeah, uh, Sean's right. So I think when it comes to the first half of Invincible, which you can check out in our book club that we did for it, this moment is kind of like the inciting incident getting us out of the gate for real. Like, you know, the... You know, uh, first 10, 12 issues of the book are familiarizing you with the characters and it's kind of just the self-aware superhero trope stuff. That is where it starts to really stand on its own two feet is what happens in this episode. And it's a good choice, I think, for a season finale. And unlike in the book, which this event was completely out of left field, you know, we've been building this, like Sean said. Um and it's interesting because it dwells on it. It dwells yes. on all of it. And uh, I also f- felt squeamish by just the sheer amount, the amount of brutality that takes place here. But I, I also recognize that's the point. Uh, it lingers on the violence to make you feel very uncomfortable. It draws the lines between uh, Mark and his dad to, you know, like they're very well-defined lo- uh, lines drawn in the sand here. Um it was a good episode. I liked it a lot. I think it was an effective finale, but uh, last time I was on, I critiqued that the show length felt a little long and at 45 minutes, I don't know if I needed all 45 minutes of this, but 
uh, it's, I still think it was effective in its uh, message that it was trying to you know, portray here. Yeah, so I mean, for me, um, I I I feel like this episode really landed landed this this season well. Um, I obviously, you know, I'm a huge Invincible fanboy, so like there there's a, a a large amount of like excitement that comes for me with watching this series, um, even divorced from how I feel about any given episode, you know. Um, but I think like you know, taking off the fanboy glasses for a minute and really trying to think about narratively how this this season kind of played out like you know I think that um there are definitely missteps I think throughout this season but I think by and large um I think they did a good job of of adapting Invincible and trying to keep the spirit of what makes it unique among superhero stories while also trying to do something fresh um and this moment and kind of the overall playing of of the Nolan Mark relationship has been pretty much the the biggest change the biggest departure and I think for better and worse but I think this episode was was a lot more better um and I was happy about that because I think the thing that stuck out to me the most um was what Phil uh called out about how you know in in the comic this conflict feels so much shorter it Mm. like it, it feels like a moment you know and it's a, a series-defining moment. It's a defining moment in Mark's life and for the people of Earth. But it feels more clandestine. It feels more like it happened and everybody kind of knows about it, but people don't really know the details. And, you know, it is what it is. Whereas, like, we, we called out in the last episode how the way that the pacing of the fight escalated and played out so that like news cameras got involved and all of a sudden it was this moment that like the world stopped and you could hear a pin drop and everyone's watching this conflict and like really engaged with it and i think that um spirit kind of carried into this episode really well as well i think and not only do you you feel that tension while everybody's watching the the conflict but also in kind of the aftermath and actually like exploring like here are all the minor characters we set up this this season like what does this mean for them, you know, like, and, and what does it mean for them emotionally, but also like where we could see them go in season two or season three. And, and the fact that it, it kind of, you know, this moment, right. Had to serve as the season finale, but also kind of the kicking off point for everything that's going to come next. That's kind of a tough act to balance. And I think while, um, you know, I think Phil's point about, um, about bloat, like is 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 fair i think probably every episode of, every episode of invincible could could probably be 5 minutes shorter at least yeah. um but i think in this episode the places in which it took its time were were generally more intimate and yes. like quieter moments and i think that that worked to its favor as well cuz so much of the episode is the fight that the other moments giving you some room to breathe as a viewer, but also giving you a different flavor than the rest of the episode was kind of a welcome, um, you know, build up and then cool down, you know? Yeah. The fight itself is really nauseating. We highlighted the train scene earlier. It's, you know, when you have a fight in in media, you want to have ramifications. You want to mean something. And this is, this has been multiple episodes brewing, uh, but the whole episode was just a fight. 
you know, it's not that that wouldn't be a satisfying conclusion just because it would be you'd feel sick after finishing it. Um, so having the moments with like Mark and his friends at the fast food restaurant and stuff like that, it lets it, it lets it breathe and kind of takes you back to where it was. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And, and I think um, the the point about like the violence and everything, you know, I think that that's something that um, we've talked about a, a bit in the show and just how like I think seeing some of these things in animation, uh, like it's just it hits different because it's less like imagining what happens between the margins and like you're Hmm. seeing every gory detail. And like, I think sometimes, um, sometimes that has felt like gratuitous. And, and I think this, this episode's the most violent one, but Hmm. I actually didn't feel that way about it. I think because of the, the thing that Phil, uh, outlined where like it was, it's fucked up and it, it gives you a sick feeling in your stomach and it feels bad, but to me, like, um, like you said, like, that's kind of the point, right? Like it, it gives, it makes the fear and like the uncertainty that Mark is experiencing feel like very immediate and very visceral, you know? And that was something that like, it definitely, um, it struck a chord with me and like, it was a bad chord, but not in a, I didn't like this way. And as much as a, like, in the same way that, um, Sean, you called out, like Steven Yun's performance and like how well he sells this. I think those moments helped ground me in that and in that, the, the shock and the fear that he's experiencing in that moment, you know, I would agree if the show didn't go down this road every episode, but Mm. it just feels like it loves its violence too much. And so you can't, you can't sell me in episode eight on violence mattering when every episode is like this. Um, so yeah, I think if they, if they showed more restraint in earlier episodes, this would have worked a lot better, but it feels like violence porn. And that's kind of the difference for me. Um, there's the, the fear that Mark has is, um, clearly present. And I think that, again, it's, it's a great job that's done to sell that, but sometimes you don't need to go all the way mm-hmm. and yeah. um i also again like you know we we've seen catastrophic death and murder on this show already so and and i i think that's fair i think the this show like being a compressed version of of a lot of the early events like that has led to, to that i think feeling like because like you you compare it to the comic right and like there are some fucking violent moments in the comic but they're way more spread out um and it makes them feel more shocking when they do happen so like i think to your point right like if the ending of episode one is fucking hyper violent and then there's no violence and then this is that violent again that hits harder um and i think it's just it's a a, you know a um a byproduct of the way that the story is being told and like the medium in which it's being told like Trun like truncating things so much that like you're hitting those moments so much more frequently and like things that don't play out as violent in the in the book are more violent in the show. Yeah, see, it feels stylistic. It feels like this was a a decision from the young mm-hmm. producers mm-hmm. or uh, whomever you know wanted to amp up the violence here, um, and it's a choice. I I don't I don't 
hate it necessarily, but I think Sean's 100% right that when you do this for eight straight episodes, it loses the impact here. Because if we isolate this episode from the other seven episodes and you just showed a person this with very little context, you can understand what's happening. Narratively, it does a very good job of basically... You know, this is Omni Man's deal. He's saying it to you. He's he thinks people are paper and they're like bugs and their lives are insignificant. Underneath all that, all this uh, over the top violence is a father basically on, on the verge of murdering his son. That's like that's pretty that's impactful. Mm-hmm. But you watch that for seven other episodes, not specifically that, but this level of violence. Uh, you become desensitized. Yeah. Well, and and I think um, to the to, to I just continue on this point. I guess this is kind of my last my last thing on it. Like the the moment with the the pilot that like Mark fights so hard to save, and then Omni Man kills him. That I think works so well. And then you escalate it again, and then you have the train thing, right? And again, like it didn't not work for me, but it does feel like a okay, you did that, and it played, and then you're like but subvert your expectations and go harder, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I, I definitely, like, while it didn't necessarily, um, it sounds like I'm on the same page with you, Phil, where it didn't necessarily diminish my experience, but, like, I don't, I can't argue with, with what you're saying, Sean. I think it's, like, a completely um, salient criticism, you know, that, like, it's it's something that, because of the medium and the choices they're making to tell the story in this way, like, it just doesn't work as well as it does in the books. That's to me one of the defining things of of the book is like the restraint for those extreme moments. The extreme moments feel so real because they come out of nowhere. Whereas like Mark was just almost dead like two episodes ago, and now he's almost dead again. It's like, all right, yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, a big thing in storytelling is you should never go huge right out of the gate necessarily. Like, um, uh you think of the star trek movies where you have in the very first movie just a bunch of planets blowing up uh it's like where do you go from there narratively and and you think about the mcu you know you don't get to the planet blowing up stuff until like 10 movies in sure you know you want to kind of build up to that and it's the same thing with the stakes for the character if your character's on the verge of death multiple times in eight episodes it's not as impactful because you're like you'll be fine yeah and and i think um one of the pieces of news that are relevant to this discussion right is like season two and three have been approved um and i'm i'm very excited about that because i think the idea of like a ideally the popularity could lead to like longer um season orders so they have more episodes to play with but Mm. even just the idea that they can plan a season two and a season three at the same time is gonna allow yeah it's huge it's gonna allow them to tell stories over a longer period of time rather than being like this is our one shot to get this over. We really need to make this season like, you know, to, to Phil's point, right? The opposite. We need to come out of the gate fucking swinging because there's not a lot of oxygen in the room and we've got to carve out our niche. And like the yeah. show did, it has, you know? So now I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they're able to do with a little bit more wiggle room, you know, with a little bit more security in terms of like, well, we know we have at least 16 episodes to play with now versus eight. You don't run into the problems that the Legend of Korra ran into, which only knew what season was getting right before production. Exactly. So you have to like have a season arc, and you have to be able to be like, this could be the end. You yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
on the uh, the note of of the fight and everything, um, something that like I found myself thinking about a lot in this episode was um, something that we talked about in the last the last uh, episode of of this show, but also you know over the course of this season is kind of like uh, the the significant differences in Nolan's character and. You know this idea of um, you know where where we read up to in the comics, right? Um, no spoilers for beyond that. Uh, and if you haven't checked out the book club, that's up to uh, issue thirty five. Um, there's a hint at like you know this path towards Omni Man being you know a different person, right? And kind of moving away from who he was as a Viltrumite and and carving a new path forward. And uh, I. The fact that they really, really drove home, uh, like, how much collateral damage he caused on his way out the door, and, like, you know, um, even just, like, seeing, like, characters like Art, who wanted to believe in the best of him in the book, he, like, throws out that picture of them in this, right? Like, it felt to me like they were really trying to, to lean into that. And to, like, commit to the idea that he is uh, a different Nolan than we know. And maybe there's a softness in him or whatever, right? We see the thing with the baseball game, and he finds a way to connect with his son, but, you know. I mean, he leaves in this, you know, uh, because he has a conflict, a conflicted heart. Yeah, right. You can see, and you can see that. But I also think that, like, they take him to a much, like, the well goes deeper, here right like i feel like he's a mass murderer yeah like uh, (laughs) like a lot like you know it's it's like a natural disaster level of mass murder (laughs) dude's gonna go down with like the likes of genghis khan and alexander the great in terms of just the sheer massacres he committed right yeah there's 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 no there's no redeeming him like you can't it's 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 just like you can't have a character who kills that many people like you can't do a redemption arc for that he wasn't under mind control like that those were his choices like he has to be just that even if he you know doesn't want to kill mark even if he reaches out to mark for help down the road even if he tries to patch it up with his son or whatever he they can't try to convince the audience that this is a character that we should have sympathy for there's monsters across history that have sympathy for their children or whatever, you know, it's yeah, not, yeah. yeah. Uh, it is, it, it is kind of funny. It reminds me of like the discourse or when like the peak popularity of like game of Thrones. And I remember like having a conversation with my dad where he's like, well, you know, like Cersei's not the worst person. She cares about her children. And I was like, so what? Like that doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like the bare minimum of being a human. <laughs> Literally, the only path I, I can see him walking back is just a uh, you know path of utility, where it's like he's clearly just you know heads and shoulders above everyone on planet Earth, and like there's no redemption arc. But like, also, how can they <laughs> can't really turn him away if he comes back? <laughs> like how like physically they can't. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know where it's gonna go, but. I'm interested because it it feels it feels like a choice to to draw that line in the sand and have that delineation. 
in the same way they've made other significant choices to change certain characters. Um, and I'll, I'm just I'm just excited to see how it plays out and see where it goes from here. You know. Um, so I did want to uh, just focus back in on on um, Stephen Yun for a minute because mm. I loved his performance in this episode. Uh, Sean called it out at the top. Like I, I I like his portrayal of Mark across the board. I I think he's done a great job. Um, but this episode specifically, I was really impressed with with his voice acting and just like the the level of vulnerability that I feel like he brings to the character and like those moments where he really just sounds like a kid, you know, like a scared kid um, who's in way over his head. Uh, I think that really that added a lot of gravity to this episode and it, it made the stakes like, you know, when he's like holding the building up and trying to save this woman and her child and everything like just that that kind of like hopelessness of like he's really truly giving it everything he has and it's just not enough yeah and you know what to his credit he comes off like he's been a, a seasoned voice actor for many years mm-hmm. uh and you just feel it in his voice and his and it, honestly this whole episode is hinges on him and jk simmons performance together and you feel the desperation and from uh, Mark and then from Omni Man, you feel like the determination of like, you know, this is the way things have always been. It's like the old generation trying to like prove something to the new generation. Uh, you feel the emotional crux of it all. It, it great performances. I can't stress that enough. I think with uh, J.K. Simmons, I really liked the moments where he, like, breaks. Like, where they're, like, having a regular conversation and he's trying to maintain control. But then he would, like, get angry and yell. Like, when he gives up and he just screams. He's like, why'd you make me do this? Like, why didn't you just fucking listen to me? And, like, just fucking finally pieces. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. that felt so sincere. You know, like, that frustration and that anger. And, like, then it turning to tears as he flies away or whatever, right? Like, it, it like, almost felt like... um. You know, like when you're like a young kid and then like, you know, someone like gets like hurt, you're playing sports and they like freak out and yell and cry and run away. Like it that that it's like that very, you know, like you can't control the emotion that's pouring out. Yeah, it was my dad's reaction when I went to school for podcast and he's like, why would you do that? You should get a degree in something else more useful. <laughs> like journalism. Like journalism. <laughs> 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 you, you too. <laughs> Thank you, Sean and I will be here all week. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh, man. So, um, obviously, that's like kind of the the main crux of the episode, right, is, is watching the conflict. But like I said, I think the thing that... Um, that lands the plane really nicely is is the fallout and seeing how all of this affects everybody else. And, and again, I think it, it speaks to... Even though, you know, I think we've all, to varying degrees, had had some criticisms about, like, some of the pacing of the show and, like, the fact that eight episodes is not a lot of time to do all the things that Invincible, you know, wants and needs to do. Um, But I think the fact that you come to the end of this episode and there's, like, a solid ten minutes that you can spend walking around to all of the characters that we know and feel things about and being like, here's how their life is affected – it speaks to how much ground we were able to effectively cover despite those limitations. Um, and it, it made me feel happy that like, you know, 
I, I don't think that this season was like perfect. I don't think it was the perfect adaptation, you know, of Invincible. But like, I think for where Invincible was at as a property and like you know as a as a series prior to the show, um, I think this season was a really good like coming out party for it. You know, of like here's what Invincible is and what it's about and why you've heard people talk about it, right? Or why, you know, um, why it's getting this push now. Sure. Um, uh, and that, that for me as a longtime fan has been like super rewarding to see. It's so cool to see people uh, connecting with it. Well, Pete, you're the super fan here. So, I mean, that, that, that lends the question now, what do you want to see out of season two? We've got a little, we've got a bunch of little threads. You talked about, you know, ruminating the last few minutes of all our characters. What would you like to see? I think for me, it's it's very much that I want to see the mechanics of the show grow. Um, I think, you know, when you think about animation and the way that animation operates, like, this show was in development for, like, almost two years um, before it came out, you know? Um, so much of it was made in a in a bubble. And now it's come out, it's found an audience, it has, you know, there's been criticism of it, and now the team, with this increased episode count, right, is able to kind of, like, take all of those learnings and, you know, take what they've learned about the characters and the way that they're changing them and the directions they'd like to go and, and really, like, sit down and think about where do we go next. And for me, like, all I want is to continue the trajectory that we established here but see the execution improve. Like, I'd like to see the animation get sharper. I'd like mm -hmm. to see, you know, a, a longer episode count, even if it meant the episodes were shorter. Sure. Um, I, I want to see the, the storylines that, you know, take place over 30 or 60 or 75 issues take place over seasons, not episodes. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about it in this in this season, like sometimes that worked, you know, sometimes truncating it was fine. Um, sometimes it really wasn't. And yeah. it was never bad, per se. And I think if I hadn't read the comics, I might not think twice about it. But knowing how things hit in the book versus how they hit in the show, I want to see the show get a bit more parody with the comics, not in terms of the beats or the direction it wants to go, but just in the way that Invincible as a book is able to craft big moments that feel surprising, but that don't feel like a left turn, that feel like a, oh my God, we've been building this in the fucking background and I didn't even realize it until it all came together and until it all clicked. And I feel like the pacing of this season has made it so that as a, as a device doesn't really exist in Invincible right now. And to me, that is one of the crowning reasons to read the book. Um, so I, I want the show, now that it, it is confirmed that it's going to be a multi-season deal, yeah. and you imagine they're going to get another multi-season order probably at the end of season two and, and yada, yada, yada. Like, I want to see it commit to longer form storytelling and, and to lay threads and then leave them alone. You know, and I think there's some stuff in this season that is like that, the like Damien Darkblood stuff. I feel like some of that shit's going to come home to roost later in ways we don't expect, which is cool. Um, but I want to I want to know that and I want to see those machinations 
like in the way that robot story was told this entire season. More of that shit. Like that's that's what Invincible does best. Man, I think the show needs to do less. That's that's one of the things that I really came away from this episode wishing is that it just took more time to focus on specific things. Like, um, you know, I could do without seeing those twins ever again. And I'm sure that they'll come back. But like, <laughs> I hate those characters. And, you know, I would have traded easily every second that we spent with them for more Adam Eve. Um, you know, they introduced that one uh villain who was like new to the show i guess that he never showed again and i can't even believe they did that like what are you doing what is that for because season people two will, yeah but people will forget like what okay so that moment was like let's say three minutes yeah. of the show and it doesn't come up again in season one and then in season two it comes up and it's like it's not gonna feel like oh my god remember that thing because that didn't mean anything it was literally just Here's a guy. Mm. And then now I'm supposed to care? Nah, not really. Um, I wish the show would slow down, take more time to focus on the important things and the important characters. And, you know, I guess sometimes, I guess maybe they didn't know they were going to get multiple seasons. I kind of find that hard to believe. But um, presuming they didn't, I guess you feel like you got to get your stuff in. Why would you even add that scene then? Why would you add a scene with a guy you don't even plan to deal with in, in the first season if you don't know you're going to get multiple seasons? I think that's um, fair. That's a good point. Yeah. I, 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 I wish that, you know, they would have like if 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 Omni-Man is a good person, ultimately, or, or, or you know, whatever, whatever we're meant to believe about him, like that, that baseball scene, I would have liked to see more scenes with him and Mark where he wasn't such a harsh person. Yeah to get more attached to their relationship so that it hurts more that he's bad. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I just feel like there were, there were moments where this, the show could have slowed down and I really wish they would take that in the next season, because I do believe that, you know, there's smart storytelling here and there's good storytelling here and you got to lean more into that. Yeah. I'm on, the, I, I'm on the exact same page here. I think now that we have two more seasons, I would like to see it slow down more. And I think Pete, I think we can do our long form storytelling by slowing things down, totally letting, letting beats spread out over time. And, you know, for me, I would rather have, you know, 20 episodes that are 20 minutes long, 22 minutes long or whatever. Obviously that's not on the table. So you got to utilize this space uh, more efficiently. I think and I, I, I understand they crammed a lot in, but, uh, you know, sometimes less is more, and that that was true in that baseball scene specifically. You know, that was that was a little scene that went a long way of trying to illustrate the dynamic, well, at least the feelings that Omni Man has for his son. Yeah, yeah, and and the, like that's one of the best moments of the episode, yeah. right? And uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I think that's totally what I'm looking for, right? Is like slow things down so that things matter more exactly yeah. you know um, things have the impact it can't all be blood and gut stuff uh things have to have an impact yeah and and i think like to, to sean's point you know there are minor threads established that i think are intended to be things we follow later on but like 
you know, if we didn't know we were getting that, like focus on the meat, focus on the core and, and sell us on that. And then give us the extemporaneous shit later, you know, like mm-hmm. once we have more space for it. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do think they will learn a lot of those lessons. I think between, you know, the, the positive reception about the things that worked and the, the, you know, um, the criticisms that seem pretty aligned across most of the, the viewership, um, I, I do think we'll we'll see improvements there and and not for nothing too like you know listening to Kirkman talk about it the idea of it being like an hour long show was something that he threw out in an Amazon meeting and then they were like yes and he's like oh okay we got to figure that out now right it's just like you have a whole season's worth of learnings and and the creatives behind it coming together and coalescing a little bit more so I'm hoping that that they're able to. Uh, you know, follow up with a sophomore season that that feels a lot more polished and that feels like um, it knows what it is a little bit more because it kind of feels like they're starting to figure it out as we go on. You know, um, I do think the last couple episodes were um, were stronger. So, um, yeah, so I mean, overall, uh, this has been a real pleasure for me. I never thought the show would exist. I never thought that any of the adaptation projects for Invincible would really materialize and if they did i always worried that they wouldn't deliver at all (laughs) yeah that they wouldn't deliver at all or that they would like miss the mark that it wouldn't be the it would i see i see what you did that was a hundred percent not intended and i wish it was (laughs) (laughs) um but you know i think as as someone who was a fan of of the walking dead um for its first you know few seasons uh that was always a, a, a an adaptation that felt so close to the source material. Like it really was was it had care and it had love for the source material. And with zombies, that was an easier sell to see how you make that happen. With then with like a, this is a superhero story which isn't by Marvel or DC. So how do we get that over? You know. Um, so the fact that we got here at all is like if this was all we ever got. You know, uh, it would it would have been a blessing. So the fact that I've got at least two more seasons to look forward to um, is is really really cool and something I'm I'm super thankful for as a fan. And uh, it's it's a show I'm really hoping to see continue to grow and uh, and earn a spot for me as like one of my favorites because of the show, not because of my love for the comics. Yeah. Um, and I think right now we're we're kind of teetering. We're walking that line finally. You know. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see where we go from here. That's for damn sure. Uh, so thank you so much, everybody, for joining us here on this season of We Watch Invincible. Uh, it has been a real pleasure. I appreciate you tuning in and, and hanging out with us. Uh, if you haven't checked out the previous seven episodes, go give them a listen. Go give them a watch. Of course, you can also go check out our Invincible Book Club, where we got through the first 35 issues of the book. Uh, you can bet your bottom dollar that when season two comes back, we'll have a ton more Invincible content. We'll be back for season two of We Watch. We'll have another book club. So the Invincible season is on pause for now, but you can bet your uh, you can bet your ass we'll be back. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to talk more about it, uh, in this quiet period. So if you want to come connect with me, come talk to me on Twitter. I'll talk with you about it. We'll talk to you about Invincible all goddamn day. Uh, but if you want to get some more of the comics pals, you can of course follow at the comics pals, wherever your social media is sold. You can head over to wherever you get your podcasts or your YouTubes and uh, give us a subscribe. 
Come check out all of the other content that we do. We, of course, just completed our sister series. We watched uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier last week. So if you want to hear our thoughts about that superhero show, you can go listen to that season. Um, We've also done them for WandaVision and Watchmen and all kinds of stuff. So um, if you haven't checked any of those out, please go do. We'll be back with Loki in June. So if you want to hear us talk about that show, make sure you come back for that. Um, But of course, we also have our weekly show, The Comics Pals, where we get together and talk about everything going on in the world of comics. Uh, We talk about related media and characters, wherever you can get them. Um, So if that sounds like your bag, if you want to be able to keep up with the world of comics, uh, but have it distilled for you in a perfect, you know, just the real cream of the crop stuff, you know, that Sean goes and picks through all the bullshit, eh, no better way to keep up. So uh, go check it out. Come support us. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch you next time on We Watch. Take care, guys. guys. What a dysfunctional family. Oh, my God. We're right here. Don't talk about us like that. (laughs) 